In Washington, I'm Tommy McFly. And I'm Kelly Collis. Over the next 30-some minutes, we'll take a deep dive into the... No, 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 no. (laughs) That's not what we do. On the Tommy and Kelly Show, you can expect all things real fun D.C. Anything that has to do with D.C., like Jose Andreas, the pandas, the monuments. And, of course, we live in the District of Champions with our winning Nats, Caps, and Mystics. Kelly gets a little carried away on the sports stuff sometimes. That's true. For the last decade, we've been having a conversation about life in the nation's capital. We're glad you're here. Let's get started. Well, good morning. It is Tuesday, May 18th. We've got about a half a dozen real fun D.C. stories for you this morning. I'm Tommy McFly. And I'm Kelly Collis, and of course, I'm going to be covering sports because two D.C. teams are in Boston right now for the playoffs. Plus, Broadway coming to D.C., a bunch of shows announced, and we'll give you who they are and when they're coming to the National Theater in just a few minutes. And that really cool helix that's coming to National Landing, Amazon's, is in a little bit of trouble. (laughs) It's a very D.C. thing. We'll break that down as well. Plus, Lafayette Park by the White House opened last week. But who's the other French guy that's hanging out there? A little history lesson for you. And what happened to all the lesbian bars? We got a lot to get to this morning, Cal. Where do you want to get started? Uh, of course, I want to talk about last night's game. Mm-hmm. So the uh, Caps are in uh, are in D.C. playing the Bruins, and uh, they fell to them yesterday. It tied up the series. Um, it was an overtime game. It was a really good game, but it's just it's going to be this is going to be a tough uh, stretch of games here. So the Caps head up to Boston to play Game Three. On Wednesday night and tonight, the Wizards are actually in Boston right now because they're going to be playing the Celtics for sort of like a wild card type of game. Nice. It's an elimination winner goes on to the next round of playoffs. So that's kind of cool. But I did find a way to bring it back to the Nats. (laughs) The Nats are not in Boston or Boston's not here in D.C., but the home closer for the Washington Nationals on October 3rd, we're playing Boston. So there you go. The Red Sox, right? I like the Celtics with the Bruins. Really? Just... <laughs> yeah. No, the Nats will be playing the Red Sox. Yes. Hang oh. on. If you can make it about the Nats by picking a game that comes up in October, I can be ridiculous about whether or not they'll play the, the Celtics. Well, Tommy, the, the, but the Nats don't normally play the Red Sox because they're in oh. a different division. Oh, okay. So is it, is, it is kind of a unique oh. thing. So I, I did my research. I thought you'd be proud. I am proud. American <laughs> League versus National League or a different division like of the National League? Yeah, the no, the the Red Sox are in the American League. Got it. I mean, I knew that. I just wanted to make sure you knew that too. <laughs> okay. With your <laughs> research you've done about all the Nats things. Hey, it's so, been more Kelly than five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred minutes since the National Theater closed its doors, and they're now announcing that Broadway at the National is coming back. So that means, obviously, with that with that setup, Rent is coming back for the farewell tour. <laughs> So here's the deal. Later on today, they're announcing the full lineup of shows and they're going to be doing tickets through subscribers. Um, They have a subscription package for like all of the Broadway at the national shows that are coming back and then individual tickets will be sold later. But the lineup is, is looking pretty awesome. One other thing that's cool too, is they're offering a payment plan and they're offering like all kinds of assurances, like in case, you know, the shows don't happen for whatever reason. Don't say that. I know, but but they said it. Those are their words. But they're like, listen, we know things are weird, and we're gonna put together some like 
safeguards for the ticket buying public. I appreciate that. That's kind of awesome. Um, starting in December 2021, that's when it's all going to kick off. Uh, Tootsie's coming. Also, I didn't even realize that Pretty Woman was a musical. Hmm. Right? So Pretty Woman the Musical is coming to the National Theater. Welcome to Hollywood. Watch your dream. Welcome to Hollywood. Watch your drink. <laughs> I think is what it says. Now, what's your dream? That makes Hollywood. way more sense. <laughs> yes, <laughs> your dream. That's like that the iconic thing where the guy with a in the limo yells that. Why oh, she's yeah. got it. <laughs> what's your drink? <laughs> I thought I was watch your drink. <laughs> anyway, it's exciting to know. see like sh- live shows that are actually scheduled and happening. I have a lot of questions though. Rent. It's the farewell tour. What does this mean? It's going away forever. I don't know. It's the 25th anniversary farewell tour. So I feel like it's the 25th anniversary of Rent on Broadway. And this is the farewell tour of the anniversary tour, perhaps. Okay. Because okay. I, I got to believe that Rent is not going away. For sure. It makes too much money. <laughs> yeah, that. And it's an incredible show. Also that. Yes. yes. <laughs> but I feel like that's a weird. I don't think people will be like, yeah, we should get rid of Rent. <laughs> no. Make room for something like Beetlejuice to make its way to the... Oh. Stage. Easy. I'm just, I'm just prodding little Fox because she loves Beetlejuice and I don't understand it as a musical concept. <laughs> she's shaking her I'm sorry, she's shaking her head. No. Hi. Hi. What don't you get? I don't know, but I said her name three times and she appeared. <laughs> How it works. Also, um, Hairspray is coming to the National Theater and um the Simon and Garfunkel musical is coming to the National Theater. Plus um, what? I, the, I'm, I'm learning a lot about Broadway. I guess these were all probably all in the queue. I didn't know that that was a thing. Yep. And also Come From Away, which is a really cool show that I am like dying to see. It uh, talks about this group of passengers who are diverted to Nova Scotia in the hours and days after 9-11. Come From Away tells the story of when uh, 38 planes and thousands of passengers were diverted to the tiny community of Gander, Newfoundland and the surrounding towns. The people were welcomed off the planes by the people here and they gave them everything they possibly could. Oh, yeah. It's a true st- it's a true story. And from that, weddings happened, relationship, lifelong relationships uh, kind of came out of that those those days after that. So it's really, really cool. Yeah, I'm pumped to see it. It actually got its like pre Broadway debut here in D.C. And um, a friend of mine worked for the Canadian embassy and she's like, you've got to go see it. And I was like, you're just doing Canadian propaganda. Like, I don't want to go see it. But apparently it became like the biggest musical that's happened in a very long time. So there we go. I missed it when it was here at like Wooly Mammoth. Like it wasn't Wooly Mammoth, but it was something like that. And I, I didn't see it. Should have saw it, man. Should have saw it. You'll get your chance now. Boards. Thank you, Jonathan. Come from away. Started at Fords. That makes way more sense than it happening at Woolly Mammoth. <laughs> okay. Um, moving on. Away is not the most famous thing that's happened at Ford's, by the way. <laughs> uh, the Amazon Helix, that building that we've seen the renderings for, that incredible, striking sort of Christmas tree glass building that's coming up in National Landing. Apparently, according to the Metropolitan Washington Airports Authority, the spiral is 35 feet too tall given its proximity to uh, Reagan Airport that it causes a little bit of an issue with uh, safety. Because of angles. Um, 
Yeah. Because of whatever, how the airplanes come into the, into it, into the airport. Um, so we'll see where this is coming from. This is coming from them. The FAA has got to get involved. Of course, Amazon gets get involved. I'm sure there's an architect. It just, it's, I, no one really thought about that, I guess. <laughs> Somebody probably should have. <laughs> right. Because it is literally what, a block or two if you're flying over to, to the airport. It is, that's one of the appeals to national landing is that it's got an airport like a couple blocks away. Until later on this year, when we get an announcement that the FAA has decided to move Reagan Airport 35 feet back. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's well, also possible, too. Amazon just like, who do I write the check to? Move the, right. move the runway. <laughs> right. Can we just do that? So we'll see about, uh, about that. But I, I'm kind of excited for the building. I know it's very controversial, but we'll see. I feel like 35 feet, you can figure out a way to shave that off or change like, flight paths or I don't know. That's like three floors, though. That's... Yeah. Well, I don't know. Make it wider. I don't know. <laughs> make up for it somewhere. Just expand it versus making it. <laughs> right. We all have the same square footage. It's fine. I promise. We just don't have the uh, penthouse view anymore. That's right. Just lop it off at the top. There you go. Also happening in D.C., Mayor Bowser had a press conference yesterday uh, at, at late in the day. And uh, she says that you no longer need to wear your mask. If you're in uh, indoors or outdoors, if you're fully vaccinated, of course, except for, and this is where it's going to get a little weird, except for businesses that require you to wear a mask no matter what. Uh, okay. So I don't, I don't know if you're better off to walk in with your mask or not walk in with your mask and have someone tell you to put on your mask. I don't, I don't know. Because a lot of people, those signs have been up for so long, like someone's got to like take them down. I've been like playing the mask hokey pokey. Like I have it on my wrist and I'm like, do I wear my mask? Do I put it out? Do I turn myself around? Like, what do I do? Uh, like yesterday I was walking through city center, which is technically a private owned thing. And I was just like strutting through them. They're like, put your mask on. And I was like, okay, fine. Like whatever. So that was probably before. Yeah. It was like 7am yesterday on Monday. Yeah. So Yeah. Uh, and also happening in D.C. on Friday, restaurants can return to 100 uh, percent indoor seating, which is kind of exciting. Although I'm in my limited research, I'm hearing from a lot of my restaurant friends that they um, are are not going full tilt on that. They, there's staffing issues. There's um, ordering of food and all sorts of things that make it a little bit more complicated than just like bingo. We can open up our doors. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into those decisions. Um, I talked to a waitress friend of mine the other day, and she was just like, I just hope people be nice. Like, I just hope when people come back, they be nice. Because, right, they don't have full shifts, and they're working to get like everybody everybody all on board. Yeah. Yeah. So steps and be nice. Be nice, people. Tip well. Be patient. That's also important, too. For sure. But, but check your check because a lot of restaurants have gone to, um, uh, service fees and, and required tips. Yes. So, that is also it's, true. It's, very, it's, it's, it's a whole new world. <laughs> it's very complicated. You make that mistake once and you're like, you know what? I'm happy to help, but <laughs> mm, got me. <laughs> so Kelly, yesterday I took a walk, um, and I was heading home and I noticed that Lafayette park in front of the white house is open. Now, it opened up last Monday, and I totally missed that. But I think we're all going to kind of do these things when things start to reopen that you appreciate the things you didn't like necessarily, you kind of took for granted all around the city and around the region. Because I don't know the last time 
I've like I run th- have run through Lafayette Park like a year and a half ago when it was open, and like it's been like part of like go for a run or go for a walk or like whatever. But I don't think I ever like went through and like sat and like hang out and checked it out there. So if you're looking at the White House in Lafayette Park on the left, there's a statue of Lafayette, obviously Lafayette Park. <laughs> but to the right, over by Blair House. There's the other French guy that's there. And I was like, what's going on with that? And of course, I made a TikTok and a reel about it. But it's a statue of Rochambeau. And I was like, Rochambeau, that's the guy from Hamilton. And then it took me down this whole path yesterday of like more research of Rochambeau, how he like commanded the French troops in the Revolutionary War. And he and George Washington were like besties, um, sort of. And he helped out at the Battle of Yorktown. And it was just neat to go through like a little history lesson about Rochambeau. There you go. His full name is very long, and I tried to get a French person that we know how to pronounce it for us on the open mic button, but she didn't get it to us in time. So I'm not going to even try. <laughs> good. That, that's probably a good idea. But Rochambeau has got like 78 names in his name because after like he helped win the Revolutionary War, like he got another name, and then he came back oh. to France. And then when he went to France, there was the whole French Revolution, and he was kind of in prison for a while because of the name <laughs> that he got for helping to win. And then he ended up not getting the guillotine, but he ended up like hanging out in prison for a while. So that's it's good. It sounds like you did your thesis on this guy. I, you know what? I spent a lot of time. And uh, fun fact, he and his troops spent a lot of time in Connecticut. So in Southbury, Connecticut, there's actually a Rochambeau Middle School. I did not know that. And I know where Southbury, Connecticut is because I went to school in Connecticut and um, Southbury is very near Hartford. There you go. Look at that. And also part of Highway 6, um, there's a bridge named for Rochambeau. In Connecticut? Yeah. Huh. Look at that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so anyway, you should stop and check out the statues that you see around D.C. Sometimes you'll learn something. Sometimes you'll be horrified, but sometimes you'll learn something. And we do have a lot of statues. Yes. Yes. So I don't know. Um, can we talk about the lesbian bars real quick? Yeah, it, sh- sure. I'm okay. not really quite sure where we're going with this. Perfect. Neither was I. So yesterday I'm walking home from the gym and I see two guys walking at me. Probably have never, they've probably never been to a lesbian bar. And one says to the other one, can you believe there's only 15 lesbian bars left in America? And I, uh, that was the only thing that I heard as that, like we were passing. And I'm like, clearly he's talking about some like dystopian future from a Netflix show, like prequel to Handmaid's Tale or something. Like, I don't know what's going on, but this can't be true. And so I tweeted that and it turns out that it is very true. And there is like a serious lack of lesbian bars in America. I, 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 I did not know that. Um, but Neither did I, I was just giving you space to comment. You don't have to comment back if you don't want well, to. Well, no, I, I maybe I'm not saying it's, it's necessarily a bad or a good thing, but like, I can see where many years ago when, when there was, I mean, obviously there was just so much discrimination around the gay population, both men and women that you really needed a bar or a space, a safe space to gather. But now it's just, it's obviously there's so much acceptance and there's so much, uh, I mean, so much equality is, I mean, given I'm thinking about there's a lesbian bar. There used to be one in Rehoboth, which I go to a lot. So much has changed since that bar opened up in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, so perhaps there's, you know, it's like, it doesn't have to be a heterosexual bar or a gay bar or a lesbian bar. Like we're all a little bit more together. So uh, I, Admittedly, didn't spend a lot of time thinking about lesbian bars, if we're <laughs> well, being honest. <laughs> Since you're not a lesbian, that's okay. 
Awesome. Yes. And uh, I posted that on Twitter yesterday and I got a lot of feedback being like, no, this is real. And I'm going to lead us off with Coach T, um, one of our favorite peeps who even used the open mic button inside the Real Fun DC app. Tommy and Kelly, it's your old friend Coach T here doing a quick open mic on the lesbian bar scene. Lots to say on it, but just the rundown is we used to have a few definitely something that is worth attention and something we need to find some new energy around we deserve them we should have them we just need to figure out ways to make it happen so that's my opinion um because certainly it would help my life my life love life as well as i'm sure many <laughs> others all right so hope that's all my alarm is going off at seven o'clock so i got this in in the nick of time um hope you're all having a great day so great to have you both back you're awesome and hope to chat soon Bye. You got it. <laughs> Thanks, Coach T. You know what? The, the roaring 20, 20s are coming, right? Like they're saying like people are just going to get out and do some more stuff. So maybe we'll see one of the silver linings will be more lesbians bars. Uh, so I think that that may be on the horizon. Now, just follow along my, 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 uh, my lesbian rabbit hole with me, Kelly, if you don't mind. So the Smithsonian Magazine published an article in January that they like re-pushed out for Pride coming up in June. And it talked about the going away of lesbian bars around the country. There were 300 in the eighties. And now there are 15 like noted specific lesbian bars in the United States. DC has one. I'll get to that. Cause it's kind of, it's controversial, but um, they talked to uh, this woman, Joe McDaniel, who was the manager of phase one, which was the iconic longest running lesbian bar in America that closed in 2016. And she said in the magazine, it was a force Losing such an institution was incredibly difficult for DC. Um, and now she is the general manager of a league of their own in Adams Morgan. Great name, by the way. But that's controversial because it's like in the basement of a gay bar. So it doesn't, it doesn't have like its own like space. Coach T and I talked about this a lot yesterday on text. Um, but there is actually, because of this phenomenon and because of the pandemic and the thought that some other lesbian bars would go out of business, they actually started, some women got together and started the Lesbian Bar Project. Amazing. Where they started soliciting donations. And Jaeger, the liquor brand, got involved and was like, yeah, we're in. We want to help out with that. And so Jaeger. And Jaeger as in Jaegermeister? As in Jaegermeister. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I would have thought Miller Lite, but whatever. So like the Jaegermeister peeps and a bunch of lesbians got together and they started raising money. And they raised $118,000 over the pandemic to support the 15 lesbian bars that are still open the two in texas there's two in texas who knew they ended up um not taking the money so they supported the 13 of them that remained and there's also a documentary about lesbian bars coming out i did a culture i did not know uh was was so active it was my playground my family i remember the lost spaces I remember when it all suddenly went silent. Wow. The names are awesome too, like Meow Mix. Just saying. <laughs> but now um, I went to the Lesbian Bar Project, which their website is still up. They kind of went dark for a minute. They're coming back this year for Pride and they are um, un, uh, uh, debuting soon a documentary about all the things. Wow. Yeah. And it wasn't something that I thought about 
before I heard those guys walking in the middle of the street. But um, as a tech coach T and some other friends yesterday, like the thought of having a bar that you know that like everyone there is a lesbian or some piece of the queer spectrum that it's like a safe place. And those are needed in the community, just generally like in communities across the country. So that is really interesting. I think what you're saying too, like part of acceptance is helpful in that. And also like dating apps and the internet and all those things. For sure. Yeah. But everyone that I've talked to has said like, it would be nice to have like an in-person like outpost. So right. there you go. We need more lesbian bars. Gosh, darn it. <laughs> Learn something new every day with you, Tommy. Look at that. You know what? This is what happens when I don't have a lot of meetings and I get like loose on my own. And I go explore the city without my mask on. <laughs> I hear all <laughs> kinds of stuff. And if you want to catch up with any of our past shows, my goodness, I can't imagine why you wouldn't after this deep dive, you can check out the real fun DC app or anywhere you get your podcast. Just search Tommy and Kelly. Have an awesome day. We'll see you next time.